All right, welcome to episode one of the Party Wagon Podcast. We talk about all things Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, past, present, and future. I'm Brendan from the YouTube channel, Brendan's Rambles. And I'm Eric from the channel, No, You Grow Up. All right, okay. Brendan, so why don't you go ahead and tell us how we got here? I guess I started with the YouTube channel uh, about a two and a half years ago. I just wanted to make a channel. It's something I was tossing around in my head for a long time. And uh, I just have so much stuff to say about the things I like, you know, nerdy crap I'm into. So I just wanted to say a lot of stuff about, you know, Ninja Turtles more than anything else, probably. Uh, you know, I talk about other stuff, but Ninja Turtles is kind of my bread and butter. I don't think there's any franchise I can talk about more than Ninja Turtles. So, uh, yeah, I started making some videos where I just started telling, you know, some childhood stories connected to toys I had growing up and everything. So, uh, you know, collecting action figures kind of became a big thing for me again. And Ninja Turtles is, you know always been a big thing but ever since i started my youtube channel it's kind of been something i've been talking about a lot more i guess than i used to so that's kind of kind of kind of where i where i came from so uh what about you i kind of just got into this recently so i kind of got back into collecting about four years ago and it's kind of just people like you that got me into this so i watch i've always watched a ton of youtube and when i kind of started getting into action figure collecting and finding out that there was like a subculture for this I knew eventually I wanted to do this one day. And again, it's people like you, the artist shark, people that just make this seem more achievable to me than I ever would have thought possible. And again, I just wanted to talk about things that I love. And one of my favorite things is turtles. It's kind of Lego is what got me back into collecting. But turtles is really like what got me back into action figures and stuff like that. The first action figures that I bought when I got back into collecting were the four or the original four Playmates turtles. And then from there, it kind of just snowballed i started learning about modern figures like mecca and super seven and then from there all my disposable income just started disappearing so <laughs> yeah and after i started my youtube channel things just started going pretty well and i knew ultimately what i wanted to do one day was start a podcast so it always kind of just bummed me out that there was no turtles podcast like I, every few months i kind of just try to look for something and never really find anything yeah, I've never seen never one made designated that, just for turtles. Yeah, exactly. And I just, it, it just seems like something that should exist. So I knew it wasn't something I could do on my own. So I thought I would reach out to someone who can just talk for over an hour by themselves about <laughs> turtles. So that way, even if I brought nothing to the table, they could probably carry the conversation themselves. So I reached out to Brendan and I mean, it didn't even really take any convincing. I just asked him if he would ever be interested in starting a podcast. And I mean, about as quick as I could send my question, he responded and said he'd be down for it. I just kind of decided right in the moment, like, yeah, it sounds like something fun. Like, let's, let's do it. Screw it. You know? Yeah. Get one again, like, it's kind of one of those things I put it out there and I'm like, oh, he's probably not going to want to do this. I'm like, who's this dude that just wants to start a podcast with me? So again, I was pretty surprised how willing you were to do it. And then it kind of was like, oh shit, this is happening now. So <laughs> better figure it out i already had a pretty full plate i guess like doing the the videos and i've uh, been working on a i'm making my own video game for years that's kind of my big like you know numero uno big project that i've been doing since 2017 2018 really like every day doing the uh you know the art the animation it's gonna be a hand-drawn you know 2d action platformer right. over 30 levels you know over 15 boss or about 15 boss characters but 11 boss fights and like just, like, just a big game it's a tall order because i figured this is the only thing i'm gonna be able to do with my life professionally like go big or go home like if right. i get one chance maybe i might as well make it something i can be proud of so yeah that's awesome yeah i just i mean i really admire that like i mean to put that much time into something is just insane to me 
<laughs> pouring my heart and soul into that for years. But, uh, you know, I, I shouldn't have started a YouTube channel when I'm already working on that. I just wanted to. So I got into it. But yeah, then I heard the podcast. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's another thing I can throw into my my freaking creative schedule that's already booked. But right? <laughs> it, it sounds great. Honestly, I think this is uh this is a great avenue though for you know just because you know making the videos. I'm still gonna be making videos. I'm not like turning my back on YouTube here or anything. Making the videos takes a lot of time and stuff, and uh, I need to come up with a like you know a special topic for that video and all. Where it's it's kind of easier to just bounce off another dude who likes the same thing I like, and you know just you know speak my mind so the podcast just sounded like a great idea honestly so i figured why not you know it's yeah it's more stuff but it's almost probably to potentially have to do less work <laughs> to, to make more content so it's like it's kind of nicer it's like a, it's a nicer environment to make this content i guess so, so yeah i kind of had the same exact sentiment so i definitely again this is something that I really, really wanted to do, but I also really love doing YouTube. It's not something that I want to get away with. I don't want to abandon those people that have been very good to me. Um, but I really just wanted something where I could bounce things off of someone else. Cause again, you're much better at it than me. I'm not the best at doing monologues. Like I feel like I'm much <laughs> more reactionary. And again, Dude, even you're watching blown up. You've blown up more in like a few months than I have in two years. I think you're doing yeah, something. Yeah, and again, weird. I feel like it's all just from that one G.I. Joe video that just kind of put me on the map, so not even well, anything to do with turtles. But You, you got to yeah, realize um, to you, man. You again, it's just, even when I used to watch your videos, I'd just be like, oh, I have something to say there. I have something to say there. And I, I don't know. I just feel like I wanted to have that with someone else to where I wouldn't even have to have, like, I pretty much only have to bring 50% to the table and then the other yeah. half is covered, you know what I mean? And I just <laughs> yeah. kind of like that, that if whatever I don't have, I feel like you might have already thought of, and you know what I mean? Like even going into the things exactly. for this video, it's like, I don't have to think of everything because he's going to say stuff too, and I'm going to be able to react to that. So yeah, I'm just very excited to have a partner in crime, I guess. Me as well. Same, same thing. Also, I don't know about you, when I'm doing a video myself, you know, I, I, can, I can like get ready for the video, you know, map it out in my head for like months. And then once I go to re record it, I forget half the crap I wanted to say for that video. Oh, yeah. And I just, for the life of me, can't remember it. If I'm talking to someone else, you're probably going to say something that will remind me of that. I'd be like, oh, yeah, that point. So it's like, it's right. a little better. It's almost like you have like, you know, you're, it's almost like when you're working with somebody else, someone's constantly reminding you to, uh, you know, cover everything you want to cover so you don't forget it. Because that happens so much. Like I, I record the video, I edit it, I'm uploading it to YouTube. I'm like, Oh crap, there was like a whole like five minute rant I wanted to do that I forgot about. Yeah, I <laughs> like, do that all the time. Man. Even when yeah. I have a script right in front of me, I'll just completely omit huge bullet points and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh it's it's tough. I mean, making making videos is just again, like my mind is always like filled up with you know stuff to work on for the game and stuff that it's like I just it, I'm running like multiple projects in my head. It's just like the videos are just like it's hard to like stay down on top of them and Sometimes I write like a script, like, you know, I did Turtles movie reviews. I actually wrote scripts for those. And even then they kind of came out poor. They're a little easier to listen to than my other ones. Uh, but yeah, just, I, I usually don't, I usually just wing it and I should write at least outlines. I should write like an outline so I know what to talk about. But, uh, but anyway, uh, I guess no further ado, there's, there's stuff to talk about for Turtles that's been happening recently. You know, later we'll talk about the main topic of the, the video, but Recently, there was some pretty big news released uh, for action figures because, you know, we're both we're both action figure guys. So action figure news is the biggest for us, probably. Yeah. Uh, so, McFarlane? So I, 
Yeah, very, very, very <laughs> surprised to see this. So I was actually driving back to Michigan for Christmas and I was just watching some YouTube videos. And I want to say it was actually, I can't remember what I was listening to that first brought it up. I'm like, this title can't be real. I know those words <laughs> and they don't make sense in that order. And yeah. sure enough, they had all of these listings, no photos or anything, but I can't remember if it was from Target or who it was from, but just tons of TMNT McFarlane figures. Yeah, I only learned about it because you texted me. You're like, you hear about the McFarlane toys? I'm like, he had to have like messed up and wrote the wrong thing or something. Like, <laughs> I thought like, oh, you're thinking like, you meant like Seth Rogen and like you wrote McFarlane because you're thinking of <laughs> Seth McFarlane, like family guy. But it's like, no, you're like, no, it's literally McFarlane toys. Todd McFarlane toys is like making the, the toys for the, the Seth Rogen movie. And, uh, yeah. and, and again, I that's exactly where my brain went too. Like I just, it just didn't make sense, but <laughs> the more it showed everything. And again, like it makes sense when Playmates sub licenses, sub licenses, sub license, I don't know how to say that. License. Sub licenses are yeah. licensed to like, like more niche companies like NECA and Super 7 who are doing things that aren't really being done in the toy aisle, but McFarlane is right there in the toy aisle. Playmates yeah. can make those toys and they're just choosing not to. And I don't understand why. I don't know. Especially since, I mean, as you so generously gifted me uh, up there, I have the, uh, the last Ronin Playmates figure, which is again, thank you so much, man. Yeah, I think no problem, awesome. man. Glad to do it. It's that's like exactly what Playmates should be making. And uh, you know, they made the rise toy line and that just kind of fizzled out. I think no one really was pay buying the rise line. Yeah, and uh, the 2012 line, I have to say, like, great cartoon, but I the toy line, it was, it was a little lacking. It was, I think, it was. Like, I didn't think it was too bad when I first got back uh, into yeah? collecting, and I was just doing everything TMNT. I was grabbing a lot of those figures, and I don't know. It's one of those things that makes me wish I would have been paying attention at the time because I felt like that was a pretty decent line. If you like that line, I'd say go to thrift stores those are all being sold at thrift stores now. Cause like, Oh, I, those... see. I feel like that's like the number one garage sale thing that I see is that line of figures. <laughs> Cause all those kids are like in high school now or college. Right. So it's like, those are all just ending up in like, you know, thrift stores, garage sales. I think the one that like, the, I wasn't collecting that line. You know, I was watching pixel Dan's reviews of them and stuff. The, the figure that just made me say like, Oh, F this line was Attila the frog. I think no oh, articulation frog variants are so different in that one. But he's just like us. He does no articulation. He's a static, just like blue plastic frog. Is he, he the really like fat one? Yeah, he's the, the big okay. fat one. He was like the leader, I think, in, in yep. that one. Uh, and uh, it, it has like the tongue glass or uh, play feature from Motu kind of like the tongue comes out, but yep. there's no articulation or anything. He's even kind of flat. He's like not even like round because they had to fit him in the pet. It's just right. like. And like none of the details are really painted very well. He's just a big naked frog. And it's like, come on, playmates. Like you guys used to be legendary. And like now you're making a giant slug figure that like doesn't move. And uh, I don't know. Like it's, and you just think back, they did like tune Michelangelo back in the day. And he had the same tongue feature, but he was also a full action figure. So yeah. uh, it just seemed a little inexcusable. And I got like the Michael Bay, uh, well, Platinum Dunes, I guess. Not Michael Bay didn't direct the movies, but the yeah. Out of the Shadows, uh, Bebop and Rocksteady figures from Playmates from, you know, when that movie was new, 2016. And they're cool, but, like, the paint is just not good. And, like, they're just kind of cheap. Their feet are, like, hollow to save on plastic and stuff. Yeah. And the, the last Ronin figure is really what I want from Playmates. Like, it's like the vintage line, but it's, like, 
you know, plus articulation, great deco, great detailing. But then they get the opportunity to do a whole line for Mutant Mayhem, the Seth Rogen movie. And they're like, ask her it. McFarlane can do it. (laughs) I don't get it. That's what I can't get either. Because up to this point, I thought they were just kind of on that downhill spiral. You know what I mean? Like every line did seem to be getting a little worse. And I mean, I got wave one of the rise figures for $5 each on clearance like that. They didn't even make it through their second wave. I think before those figures were all clearanced out. So I mean, I I thought it was just kind of going to be getting to the end of what playmates does. But then they did hit us with that Ronin figure. And that figure yeah. is going to be a top 10 figure of the year for me, probably. Like, they still have it. So I yeah, don't understand do. why they can't do it. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. They have the know. potential. This is a great figure. And, I mean, if there's a time for the Turtles to get a shot in the arm, it's now. I feel like it's as popular as ever. There's not an ongoing cartoon, but we're getting this movie that's coming out, the Seth Rogen movie. And it's kind of been radio silence on the other movie, which I mentioned to you before, um, the one that Scarlett Johansson's boyfriend is writing, her husband or whatever he is. But, I mean, it just seems like they're going to have to be bringing back a cartoon soon. And I just don't understand why Playmates isn't there to capitalize on this. Like, what other brand does Playmates even have? I couldn't even tell you. Playmates doesn't do – and they use – back in the day, you know, they did Toxic Crusaders. They did Earthworm Jam. They did a ton of stuff. Everything. they don't do anything. Nothing. And I, again, um, I couldn't even tell you what toy aisle toys are Playmates if they don't have turtles in the aisle. I cannot tell you a <laughs> single thing that comes from Playmates. And I, I don't understand. Like, this is like the ultimate version of paying someone else to do your homework. But, like, I, I don't understand how you can survive so long as a toy company without <laughs> making any toys. It doesn't make any sense to me. I, I don't know. I mean, the, all they've been doing for the past, like, three years is what, like same Ninja Turtle sculpts versus Cobra Kai, same Ninja Turtle sculpts right. versus uh, Stranger Things. I don't know. We're going to get back to the future maybe someday. Everything from the yeah. 80s versus Ninja Turtles. And it's like... And again, I mean, uh, at most they've added new heads to those figures, I think. There might be a little bit of yeah. new tooling on those. But yeah, but other mm-hmm. than that, it's been re-released figures made from worse plastic. And again, I buy all of them so I know I'm part of the problem. But yeah. yeah they just have a I new just... deco. And I, I'll give the Stranger Things ones, it, which isn't actually from the 80s, but you know, it's basically in the 80s i'll give that credit that i think those are mostly new they did like mirage style turtles for those ones yeah well, um, they, yeah because the, the street fighter ones definitely looked a little bit different and so did those so i think those might be the two newest waves the stranger things and the street fighter those might be completely new tooling i'm not 100 sure on those but i think those are a little bit updated anyway i think so the street fighter ones i have to say the street fighter characters look bad um and the turtles, the deco was weird. They had that really heavy black like deco on them. Yeah, it's not and really I, a cell shading. I'm not sure what it's supposed to really be. I can't tell. The only thing I can think of, because you know, it doesn't look like NECA, the Archie ones. I just got the Archie slash, by the way, which is so much better than I thought it was gonna be. That's for your found off. him too. Wasn't gonna get him, <laughs> and I'm very glad that I found him because I would have ah uh, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's another another talk for another day. Yeah, uh, but the only thing I can think is like, which is weird because Street Fighter 4 is so irrelevant now. That's from like 2000, what, 2008, yeah. I think it came out. And 2000, Street Fighter 5 is, is gone now. Street Fighter 6 is coming out. So it's like, but in Street Fighter 4, they had that kind of like Sumi brush, that black kind of like brush stroke effect where like you did like the counter moves or whatever. You did those little like, 
I didn't own Street Fighter 4. I owned 5, but 4 I kind of skipped. Okay, so it's very stylized to that game then, because I never played that, so that would make sense to me. Okay. For example, they put uh, Ryu in in Smash Brothers uh, back when 4 was the current one, I think, and they gave him that as like his down B attack in Smash Brothers. He does the little weird thing with the black brush ink. That's the only thing I can think of, but by the time these turtles came out, like Street Fighter Five was already on its way out. We already knew Street Fighter Six was coming out, so yeah. it would be weird to do a call out to Street Fighter Four, especially if that kind of deco is not on the actual Street Fighter characters in the wave. It's yeah. only on the turtles, so it really just looks like the turtles got thrown into like a, a bottle of ink and then climbed out, and <laughs> that's what they look like now. It's just, I don't know. Playmates has got to actually start making some figures. I guess they don't. I guess just they make enough money yeah, right? off of the license being given to other companies that they so just let it, either let other people do the work and just put yeah. your feet up. And I guess just sit back and yeah. take your money. Yeah. Playmates is like, all right, NECA is going to make us some money this year, boys. Like just sit back, relax. They're making every figure anyone ever wanted from Ninja Turtles. So we don't have to do shit. We'll just get royalties. <laughs> right. uh, but yeah, so the McFarlane figures, I looked up the list of what was leaked, like the list of the figures, and there's some interesting stuff on there. So there's uh, Rocksteady is listed. Mm-hmm. So Rocksteady's going to be in the movie. The weird thing is, though, there's no Bebop listed. And I don't know if that means that, you know, we just haven't seen all the figures listed, but I can't imagine you'd put Rocksteady in a Turtles property and not put Bebop in as well. Like they're such an iconic duo. You really you can't have one without the other. It's like Beavis with no butthead. It's like yeah. Bill with no Ted. It's like you 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 need Bebop and Rocksteady together. So they have Leatherhead listed on there though. Yeah, which he was I kind find... of a standout to me because that made me feel like they are gonna really focus on the bad guys, which also I know is coming, like not getting too deep in where these movies are going, but I know there's also supposed to be some follow-up movies that do focus on the bad guys as well. So Yeah, straight to yeah. streaming, yeah. Yeah, so it's very weird, though, that I didn't notice that there was no Bebop with the rock study. That's very, very strange. Yeah, I almost wonder, because see, they Leatherhead's such an odd character, because you can go evil Cajun Leatherhead, like he was, you know, back in the day, or uh, or not back, at first he was, you know, Mirage yeah. Leatherhead, where he's just, you know, big alligator man, um, who's a good guy, or a neutral one, or anti-hero. You can go anywhere with Leatherhead, really. Like, he can be an anti-hero, he can be a hero, he can be a villain, and like even like you know when he's Cajun mode in the Archie comics, he's not like a he's he's like you know part of the Mutanimals and stuff. So it's like you can kind of do anything with Leatherhead. So I don't know if he's going to be a villain in this movie, or if he's going to be uh, you know just a friend of the turtles or just an anonymous background uh, mutant with one scene or something. But right. I'm assuming they're going to go villain since they have these villain movies planned which would be cool to watch a Leatherhead movie. That'd be surreal. <laughs> right. But I feel like if he's in though, I mean, I don't know why they would bring in a character like that to not have a spotlight. You know what I mean? Like, just yeah. because again, he was the one that just really stood out to me as well, because I always expect like, if you're going to do something with turtles, all the usual suspects suspects are going to be there, but he was the one character that really stood out to me on that list as well. He did, because also, I mean, you expect, we've seen Bebop and Rocksteady in a movie before now. Like, that, you know, 10 years ago, I would have been like, what the hell, Bebop and Rocksteady? But we've seen that now. We've we've seen all those characters. Yeah. But we've never seen something as niche as Leatherhead showing up. We've never seen, yeah. like, Leatherhead or Rat King or Metalhead or anything in, in a movie. So seeing Leatherhead on there really stood out. My worry is they they might be ditching Bebop for Leatherhead. 
I wonder if it'll be Rocksteady and Leatherhead are like a duo. Because hmm. maybe they thought Bebop and Rocksteady were too similar personality-wise. They want like variety between the, the villains. But I, I hope not. I hope because Bebop and Rocksteady, you know, their bromance is like mandatory. Like you right? can't that's what I'm you saying. can't have them without like they're, they're best buds. Like you yeah. can't have them. Um but yeah, I don't know. And I am a little worried, just to get a little off topic for a second, a little worried about these villain movies, though, too, because it's like, are they just going to be about the villains from their perspective? Or is it going to be like the turtles have to deal with a different villain in each movie? Because are they going to go like the Black Adam kind of route that everyone does now, where it's like, oh, we say it's a villain, but he's actually just a hero who's kind of a jerk. And like, you know, they've been doing that a lot, Hollywood, with, like, Venom and stuff. Or Venom, you know, he's been heroic before. But, you know, like, Venom and Morbius and Black Adam and all this stuff. Or, like, they kind of make them, like, they're kind of mean at one point. But they're really just good guys. And they're just heroes. And we call it, like, a villain movie. But it's not really. So I'm a little worried about that. I, I understand that all bad guys think they're the good guy of their own story type of thing. You know what I yeah. mean? But I feel like Hollywood really just is on this mission to just, I don't know, put all these villains in the forefront too, to make them seem like good guys. And I don't know why, because again, like you said, villain or sorry, Venom was like an anti-hero type character. Like that yeah. is kind of what his shtick was after he got really popular and people just wanted to see more of him. But yeah, again, with the turtles, I feel like it just might be a cash grab just to get more content. And that is also yeah. just what worries me. But it's kind of, go ahead. it's kind of the equivalent of a new animated series. It's just really long episodes and a few of them. <laughs> so right. it's kind of how I see it. But I mean, Hollywood tried to make uh, Cruella DeVille, a freaking puppy murderer, like a good guy. So it's that, like... that's probably the best example of it right there. Exactly. It's yeah. like, how, how do you, why do you have to try to make everybody like, again, is it relatable, humanized? Like, I don't know what they're trying to do, but like, exactly what she said. She skins puppies. Like, where is the silver lining in that? Like, that's horrible. Yeah, that's like irredeemable. I mean, we're both dog lovers, so like irredeemable yeah. immediately. But I think any human being with half a soul would be like, oh, hell no, if they heard that someone did that. So, yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, I don't know where they're going with this exactly. I also hope this movie doesn't become the the setup trope kind of like, you know, universal's dark universe or something where it's like all the movie is, is setting up characters who are going to get their own movies on right. uh, Paramount plus or something like here's a second, of leatherhead now pay now get hyped for the leatherhead movie in two years. And <laughs> it's like, yeah. And again, like just with him making an appearance, like I feel like there, there has to be some reason for leatherhead. You know what I mean? Unless Seth Rogen just, that's like his favorite character. And he's like, I'm working this guy in like, just <laughs> maybe. <the end." laughs> Maybe. I mean, the movie's called Mutant Mayhem, and the synopsis says they're going to fight like some of the craziest mutants they've ever faced. So I'm guessing there's going to be a lot of mutants in this movie. Yeah. So again, um, I mean, it could get back to that trope, and I mean, now we're starting to turn this into something about the movie instead of the figures, but yeah. um, this is probably where this podcast is going to go frequently. It's just all over the place. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I feel like another route they could go is having everybody have to have this like universal team up to save like the earth or their realm or something where the good guys have to team yeah. up with the bad guys type of situation to fight a greater evil of these supposed <laughs> new mutants. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I really, uh, for the movie, I really don't know what to expect. They're still so secretive about it. Yeah. I have to say the, the one thing, the only bit of actual commentary I can give on like physical 
content we've seen for the movie is the logo. There's something about, I don't know if it's just because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an artist, but it, it pisses me off. There's the, the, so they have like, to make it look like it's 3d, they have like, you know, the underside of the, the letters that's like yellow underneath uh-huh. them, the little popping out on, on the, the S at the end, there's a whole part you wouldn't see it's sticking off. They made they, you can see it, but you, you to give that 3D effect, you wouldn't see that part. It's like sticking the wrong way, and it just drives me nuts when I look at it. I'm like, get rid yeah, of that. That's part. definitely a that. detail that I don't have. So. <laughs> but uh, it, it's a weird art style. It looks like a like a kid's like notebook doodle kind of. I don't know if they made it look wrong on purpose because it's supposed to look like a teenager doodled it or something. Because uh, a teenager would do that, they would draw the wrong right. part just to make it look 3D. Um. I'm just hoping they don't do that thing in the movie where like, you know, they do it all the time now. Everyone's everyone's trying to be Spider-Verse where there's like little doodles appearing around people's heads and stuff. And like, like, you know, like Suicide Squad did that and Harley Quinn's uh, Birds of Prey. They just write little stuff on the screen. There's little graphics and it'll just be quirky. Mitchell's versus the Machines did that. And it's like, I, I just feel like it, it, that, that was quirky at first, but everyone's just trying to be Scott Pilgrim now, I guess. And it's like, we've seen that before. <laughs> Let's, we don't need that in turtles, but. Uh... And that's where I see like kind of the art style of this movie going. I know that's kind of what people have been comparing it to. Like you said, um, is just that into the spider verse style where, I mean, I don't know, again, I, I don't know about art and production. If it's like stop motion or if it's just like, just slow or, frame rate animation or what it is but it looks like that's the style that we're going to be getting that kind of cgi choppier movement it's sort of like a it's like a marriage of like uh hand-drawn animation and like cg it's kind of like the the movie uh klaus on netflix the santa one did that and uh a little short from disney years ago paper man did that um i don't i can't tell you exactly how it works you know i I just do hand-drawn animation i don't know anything about cg or the marriage of the two of them so i can't tell you about it but i think that's what they're going for i mean spider-verse is beautiful so i mean it's beautiful i do have to say that watching it in the theaters by in that movie my head hurt i'm like just too many fucking colors man i can't (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah but no it's beautiful so uh if it looks like that it's a good sign but yeah, you get back to the McFarlane thing. It's just, it's weird to me because McFarlane's, I don't think they've ever done Turtles figures before. No, I mean, they never would have been able. This is the first time that I can think of, like I said, where it seems like Playmates is letting a peer make these Turtles. Because again, like, I can understand NECA and Super 7. Like, they're not doing toy aisle things. They're making premium products. Like, they're called toys, yeah. but they're not really toys. Kids can't play with those things. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's weird that they would give it to someone else that is directly next to them in the toy aisle like it, it just it's very strange to me that mcfarlane of all people got that license yeah and mcfarlane you know mcfarlane if anything you can almost credit his company for starting like the you know premium action figure trend really because you know when they when the spawn figures and stuff came out in the nineties. You look at them now and they're like, they're not premium at all. But at the time that was like, Oh crap. There's like detailing and, oh, yeah. and stuff in here that like, they looked like little statues that like, uh, had a little bit of articulation. And, uh, I think that kind of got the ball rolling for a lot of companies. They were like, Oh, we got to, you know, meet the standard of McFarlane toys. And, uh, cause you know, spawn is like his own baby, but he did like a whole bunch of stuff. He did like Hellraiser figures and Akira, like a lot of anime stuff. I had a, I had a Tenchi Muyo one back in the day. Um, 
but yeah, like he, he, it was always known as like the high end ones. He'd give you a stand so you could stand the character up and make it look like art and all this stuff. And uh, so it's it's a little uh, weird because it's like McFarlane's this weird kind of in between. They're kind of normal toys. They're kind of high end toys. So I don't know what they're gonna do for this line. It's uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But yes, <laughs> because uh... what in my head what I'm picturing is like what they're doing with the DC, like those seven inch scale that are a little bit bigger than most figures. Um, yeah. And again, like I, I don't, I've had a couple of the Batman figures. I have some of the, my hero academia figures and I have a Saitama one punch figure. And the only McFarlane figures I have. And again, they're, they're just not great. You know what I mean? And that's just yeah. kind of what worries me. Like I, I don't, the, the deco is great on them. That's the one thing that he does do well i would say is his figures definitely look pretty but i just the way they feel like the plastic he uses is just kind of weird i don't really yeah. know what it really is but the other thing he has going for him is he's been able to stay at that 1999 price point which in this climate i mean yeah. 20 seven inch turtle figures you know what i mean i'm still interested <laughs> to see what they might look like yeah i mean i i guess the only other like company that's considered like collector figures that stays at that 1999 price point i guess is the loyal subjects uh like their their figures are usually about 20 bucks but again um, they're smaller so they're using a lot less plastic so i can see how they can yeah. swing it they're real tiny and uh yeah you know they use like real gummy plastic for the, the accessories yeah. and stuff and all and like very minimal paint jobs and stuff so it's like they're kind of like made to be the collector line if you can't afford NECA or super seven or something it's like hey you're something you know good enough yeah so uh yeah I, yeah i've always felt the way about mcfarland they're just a little the articulation's always been bad on mcfarland figures there's, there's like the functionality is just very limited with uh mcfarland toys great sculpts great deco but like not really functional as an action figure. It's really just like kind of a statue that's made out of weak materials. It's kind of like all it really is. And that's kind of always been his thing. Like you said, that's how that first spawn figure was. I mean, it was yeah. made with aesthetics in mind and then they put articulation on it. And that's always kind of been his thing. Let's figure out something that looks cool and then we'll articulate it afterwards. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, when you do that, you know, NECA kind of does that. I get the Toonie Terrors every now and then where they do like the little cartoony versions of like horror movie characters. And like they give them some articulation. And it's always like, why? They're designed to be in one specific pose. They give them like four points of articulation or something. And it's like, or two, some of them only have two. But it's like, they're clearly, everything is molded. So it's supposed to be like one static pose. Yeah. So it's like, if you can move the leg, but the character won't stand. There. Exactly. There's no, There's no point for it. It's more of a, just, yeah. Hey, it's there. We did it. It's not a statue. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's that. But I mean, we'll have to wait and see for that. But what we know what's coming is NECA. Uh, oh boy. This past month, they revealed a ton of stuff that they're, uh, some of it we'd seen already in videos and all, but uh, cartoon stuff, Archie stuff we already knew was coming, but you know, uh, and some Mirage stuff we saw in the videos, but man, the last Ronin figures, uh, all, all the rest of the turtles for the last Ronin figures, that Donatello looks so sick with the, he has like the hat on and everything. Like when you're yeah. he's in Japan, I'm, I'm not, I, I had the opportunity to get the shirtless Ronin in uh Walmart as we were talking about once. And I passed cause I'm like, you know what? Uh, I'd rather get the playmates one. And then the next day in the mail, we got the playmates one. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, but I, I, cause I, you can only collect so much stuff and NECA yeah. has like 
15 different lines going right now for turtles um and like i, I didn't think i was going to do archie or at least all of them but then once i got slash and this figure so good i guess i'm doing archie now so uh and that's why i wasn't I, even gonna get slash because i didn't want the archie <laughs> figures but again when i saw him there was no way i wasn't gonna get that figure like I, I knew figure. he looked good but again i was just trying to stick to just stay in my lane but like seeing him in the store i couldn't turn that figure down he might yeah. be i haven't opened him yet but just aesthetically looking at him i think he might be the best slash figure I'd say his only com- competitor is Super 7s that they just put out, which is one of the best figures Super 7s ever done. Um, yeah. uh, he's, I mean, he, he he sure stomps the arcade slash and the, the Toon series slash because, you know, that, those are the little scrawny slashes that, like, no one wanted that. So I think this right. one he's mostly made out of uh, Toon Toka, I believe. I think he's reusing some parts of Toon Toka. Okay. I think so. Um, but yeah, it's, he's such a big, beefy, awesome figure. Like when yeah. I saw him and it was like, you know, barely over $30. It was like, well, like 32 bucks for him or something. I found him at target and I'm like, I, of course I'm going to get him. Like, like at first I had no plans yeah. of getting him. Like I have enough slash, but it's like, this is too sweet. I have to get this. Right. But, and, and that's the thing. Like, there's not a lot of figures I could do that for, but slash is, I mean, Raph, <laughs> Casey, probably slash is my top three turtles figures or characters. Yeah. So. Yeah. Understandable. I mean, he's he's always cool. I mean, one of my favorites, I guess, was always Mondo Gecko as a kid. But it's like he didn't look really like unique enough in Archie. So I, if they do get around him, I don't know if I'll even bother. Uh, he was kind of just like a scrawnier, more cartoony looking version of what he was already yeah. in like the toy line and stuff. But yeah, like those those little Ronin figures. I'm not planning on getting all of them, but like that Donatello, at least that Donatello, I got to get him. He looks like the J- Japan Donatello. That's just awesome. So. Yeah, and again, I don't know if I'm going to go in on like all the um, I don't know the robot foot soldiers and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, I'm not. And again, I just actually got my last Ronin NECA figures too, so I'm about to open those guys up in my next opening video. But Sweet. it just again, I just feel like NECA is just killing those figures. Again, I haven't opened them up, but the details on him look very good. I just feel like this is going to be another very very big year for NECA. Um, yeah. There's just a lot of things on there that kind of got me excited. And the one, the thing that's kind of has me the most interested is in the Toon Line figures, the Space Cadet Usagi or the Space Warrior Usagi or whatever. And then yeah. the Donatello that's thrown in there as well. Like, and I know you're a Donnie guy. So how do you feel about this random figure getting thrown in? That's, I guess, their first two figures that aren't cart from the animated series. Yeah. In the animated line. I mean, we're going to be talking plenty about the, the, the 87 animated series in a second, but uh, I don't recall Don ever wearing that spacesuit. I know the, you know, quote unquote space Usagi. I know, like, I'm not as you know, big into the Usagi comics as you are, but I know that's like his descendant. That's not Miyamoto Usagi. Yeah. That's like, so, but he never appeared in the cartoon. So, you know, uh, Miyamoto, he made a, a couple appearances in the cartoon, yeah. but they, they, they never had like a space Usagi episode or anything. No. So that's... I almost wonder if was that based on like was he meant to show up at some point? And that's like canceled concept artwork or something they based it on. I have no idea, but that's why I don't know. I know they were not in the cartoon. And yeah. is, does this mean they're going to start throwing random figures in there? Are they going to throw concept figures in there? Is this going to be something they're just going to try to fill the waters with? It's just very intriguing to me that those two figures. It is. Uh it makes me wonder though, um, seeing that and seeing like the weird variant of Napoleon Bonafrog and stuff, it almost, I hate to say it, but it almost starts to feel like they're reaching the point where they think they're done. That like, we have to start getting desperate. 
And uh, there's still characters they haven't done. You know, they haven't done Mer Dude. Nobody ever does Mer Dude anymore. Right. But he was in the cartoon, and he was an Archie also. I mean, you could do a he, Super Seven and Neca could be doing Mer Dudes right now. But uh, uh, you know, there, there's other characters that were in, and they're doing a lot of them. They're doing Bug Man and uh, Lotus Blossom and all like Dirk Savage, all these crazy characters you never would have thought there'd be action figures for. Um, yeah. But I wonder if maybe they're reaching the point where they think like, you know, we're kind of reaching the end of the line here. So I still want Ray. I know nobody likes Ray. <laughs> the right that's version. the thing. There are those figures. I mean, there's all the gangsters and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, there is a oh, what, lot they can work with. Um, what was his name? Don Tertelli or whatever? The guy who like... Don Tertelli. I'm pretty sure there's two different Don Tertellis, actually. I'm pretty sure they use... There's, I know there's one gangster character... That he they tickles you with the feather twice for two different characters. I know that happens. So <laughs> again, they do have a plethora of the gangster characters and stuff they can use. And yeah. again, I feel like eventually they're going to hit the point where they're going to come full circle and kind of do what they did with the turtles and maybe hit some characters with some new molds. Like I feel like Shredder would probably be for one of the first yeah. ones up to get a new mold. April, April, we know they've already said she's going <laughs> to get a new mold. So April, I feel like they still. Mold. I mean. Once they get to the bottom of the order, can pretty much just start from the top again. And I mean, if they look yeah. great, I'll probably buy them. You know what I mean? So honestly, I, I'd like them to redo Bebop and Rocksteady. I'm not thrilled on the Bebop and Rocksteady because that was so early in the line. They weren't doing big chunky figures yet. They were doing like you know the human characters and the turtles, the smaller figures. So I felt like Bebop and Rocksteady. They they just don't look as nice or feel as nice as later chunky ones like you know Wingnut and Muckman and stuff like that. So uh, yeah. I wouldn't mind them being redone at some point, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, either way, I'm totally down to see what NECA does. Cause NECA has not been disappointing with that tune line. That tune line has been awesome. I have a you know, my few little complaints here and there, like an accessory breaks or something, but in general, it's undeniably like, you know, the, just the most impressive toy line that's been coming out. Like super Seven's sculpts and deco and stuff are a lot more elaborate but as far as just consistency and like how many characters they've been doing and stuff, like it's just amazing that we even, you know, in 2022 where we got figures like, you know, I never thought we would ever have a robotic bebop and rock steady from right. the cartoon and stuff like just crazy stuff. And that's a good example. They look a lot better than the normal rock steady and bebop, I think. But uh, Oh, they do. And again, like you said, it is just that, I feel like they've learned a lot in a very short time. Like the difference yeah. between the turtles molds and, well, I guess those were one made way earlier than the line actually came out. Yeah. But I mean, it's a big step up. And even just looking at their earlier figures to their later figures, like I'm not going to say it's night and day different, but you could pretty much, I feel like almost chronologically put figures in order just based on their quality. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think you maybe, could. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, I feel like their plastics have improved. All their decos improved. You still get the flaking and stuff like that when you bend them yeah. at first. But I mean, I got some bad me, NECA is my company of the year this year, hands down, without a doubt. I mean, I think they, I have very little to complain about with NECA right now. Yeah. Yeah. I have very little. Like I said, I got, I got some big flaking on Slash, the Archie one, but it's the figure's so good. I don't even care. But yeah. um, uh, his knee pads like flaked all over his legs. They scraped off all yeah. over his legs. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just an amazing tool. And like you said, you can chronologically look at it. You look at like, you know, even just look at like the, the a bubble walker crane versus the crane that came with the Android body. And like the likeness is so much better to the cartoon uh, just in that time. And you look at like, yeah, like, like Bebop and Rocksteady, look at them and then look at Ground Chuck and Dirtbag and like the, the quality just, oh yeah, you know, just, they, they learned so much in that time. And so. that, that's about the best Ground example. Of, amazing. Yeah. 
that's probably the best example with those two duos right there because I often look at Ground Chuck as kind of the standard of where they're at right now. That figure, yeah. his sculpt is great, his deco is great, his joint. In, I mean, the, everything moved easy on him. Like they're just everything is improved. There's no weak areas really with Neca right now. No, not really. Uh, especially for for, for the uh, the tune line, I. Uh... It's not even so much like there's any quality problems, but like with some other other lines, sometimes there's like some of the figures are a bit underwhelming. Like I, I do the Universal Monster mashup ones with the Turtles, and I didn't even know it was coming out, but the Splinter Van Helsing was just all over Target last time I was there, so mm-hmm. I grabbed him. And I have to say that's a pretty underwhelming figure. That's one of that's one of my least favorite Turtles figures Neck has ever done. Not because like it's broken or anything. It's just like as a figure, it's so uninspired. I feel, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, so, it, it, it's weird. I don't know, really know what they were going for with it. I guess I'll talk more about it, like in my next toy haul video or something. But it's just, it's not my favorite. But you know, the Tune series, like we're getting what they're promising, and it, and then some. Like it's it's they haven't been screwing it up at all. So they, yeah, they've all been great. And again, we'll start wrapping this up here because we're actually about an hour on this intro. So um, <laughs> it's a uh, hell of an intro with the um Universal Monster mashup figure. So I bought the raft. And then I decided yep. that's the one that I wasn't going to go down the rabbit hole on. Cause again, you got to freaking make cuts somewhere in yeah. I I'm really thinking I do at least want to get the turtles because I feel like there is just a huge gap between the human figures or even splinter and the turtles. All the turtle yeah. figures look amazing for that line. And then like yeah. you said, like even the Casey, who's one of my favorite characters, he just looks flat. Splinter just kind of <laughs> looks boring. Like, he just yeah. looks like Splinter with some clothes on to where Raph looks like Frankenstein's monster that is Raph. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Michael it's a much looks better mashup than just Splinter wearing Van Helsing clothes. And it's even like weirdly done too. Cause like, so he's wearing glasses, a hat and a coat. And that's about it. Like from the, from the hips down, he's just Splinter from the movie. That's the movie figure and basically just with some clothes thrown on him. Yeah. And there's no color like, theming throughout the the, the 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 figure like he has like the tattered like cream colored you know like beigeish kind of robe hanging out in the bottom a black belt and he has like a grayish blackish hat he has like a maroon coat with like a purple scarf down here then he has bright white cufflinks that imply he's wearing a dress shirt that you don't see anywhere else on him underneath like how many layers is this dude wearing and right. uh <laughs> then he, his hands are so weird so he has like the regular splinter hands but they're not hairy they're smooth he still has the white claws and everything but then if you look at him they're like this weird like mauve purple grayish kind of color they're not brown so i guess he's supposed to be wearing gloves but like why the hell is he wearing like like easter bunny colored gloves and yeah. it's like it doesn't, his claws are still sticking out. So it's like, it, are the claws on the gloves or like, I, it's, it's so weird. Like, I don't get the figure. Claw holes in his gloves. Yeah, it's just, it, it just seemed like they made it, they made his hands purple because they thought like, oh, there's not enough unique about this figure. We need to throw some more details in there. And you, I mean, if you watch the original Dracula from Universal, Van Helsing by Edward Van Sloan, like played by him, he's just a dude in a suit. Like, he, he doesn't. <laughs> They're basing him on like the Hugh Jackman one or something, like, yeah. <laughs> like with the black hat and everything. And uh, even then, he doesn't really look like Hugh Jackman. It's just like I don't know what this is. It's like Splinter just dressed like a bum, kind of. And 
And they had to write all over the package, Van Helsing, because like you wouldn't so you know, know who the exactly. hell he was. <laughs> yeah, so it was so. a sign of a not good Halloween costume if you have to tell people what it is. So yeah, you look at Mike, and Mike looks fantastic as the oh, mummy, yeah. like he's so good. Either head, they have the head that looks like the old movie prop. That's like the and head. that's the thing. If I get him, I'm definitely gonna use that movie prop head. Like that was just a <laughs> genius idea. Yeah, that was. I went with the regular one just because it has a bit more of that Boris Karloff look. I love the Universal yeah. Monster movies. Yeah, so, exactly. But that head is—it was hard to, to choose because, like this this movie prop head, it's so it's so funny, it's so perfect. And they did it like you know that was a while ago that happened, but it was such a quick reaction, like to like already make that a figure that was like it was just impressive that like that quickly they were able to like react with that. So, okay. uh, yeah. So, but yeah, NECA, you know, I trust them. I I. I I know NECA's figures are going to be good in the coming year. McFarlane, I'm worried about. I, I'm not worried about. I'm skeptical, I guess. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. If I'm, I don't I'm, like them, I'll just pass. And there's more yeah. stuff than I can afford to buy anyway. So. <laughs> All right. So I guess that I guess that finally wraps up our, our you know intro. So uh, yeah. well, since we were just talking about NECA doing the 1987 animated series figures, what better way than to segue into talking about? The 1987 animated series, because you know no one's talked about that online before. So no, never. <laughs> this should be very fresh for everybody. It's a very obscure show. You may have heard of it called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. wasn't a big hit, but we're here to remind you that it existed and uh, talk about it in excruciating detail. No, the 87 cartoon. <laughs> that's the, that's what I grew up with. You know, uh, I first I got into the toy line, the Playmates toys, but uh, pretty much immediately I was told it was a cartoon, and because cartoon actually predated the, the the toy line the toy line came out after the show um and i got into the show pretty fast you know as soon as i got that leo figure it was just like i was i was a turtle fan and uh once the cartoon came out I started watching it all the time and uh this was you know this was ninja turtles to most of us our age you know i'm 86 1980 i'm not actually 86 i'm you know <laughs> i was born in 86 you were born in 87 and uh for us for our generation this this was ninja turtles as a kid we didn't know about the mirage comics and stuff when we were little uh at least i didn't um right well, most people didn't we we knew there were comics and people said oh yeah they, they started in the comics but i just thought they meant the archie comics like i didn't i didn't know mirage existed that's what i always thought too later. yeah so uh the 87 cartoon, you know, it, it was Ninja Turtles for most of us. The toys went alongside it. The video games went alongside it. Like, we we thought this was Turtles. So, you know, a lot of people now look back at it as like, oh, yeah, that was the goofy 80s iteration. But there was all these other iterations. And, you know, it's the more serious ones. But as a kid, we didn't think of it as that. That was just Ninja Turtles. <laughs> no, exactly. And again, for me, I don't know if it was the chicken or the egg i don't remember which one i actually was into first if it was the action figures if i saw the cartoon first i mean i i can't remember far back enough to even remember when i didn't have the first four turtles crank <laughs> and i so i don't know even how i got those i just always remember having them because i had to have been around three at the time and that's just about as far back as i can remember but i I love this cartoon. It was my jam. I had a lot of things I was into, but Turtles was definitely just always like my number one. No matter what else I got into, Turtles was always my fallback. I ran my VHSs until they could barely play anymore. <laughs> like I just could not get enough of the Turtles when I was a kid. Like, and again, me and you, you were born in 86. I was born in 87. We really are that perfect demographic. You hear a lot of the kids, like the Gen X kids and it was definitely kind of like one of their last franchises to where us, it was kind of like our first franchise for yeah. the most part, I feel like. 
Yeah, because like I said, my you know my brother he was like really into He Man and stuff before I was born. Yep. You know, all my uh, three siblings are all older than me. Um, he was really into He Man, and so when I was born, He Man was just around me, and like it was like, oh yeah, of course Brendan's into He Man because he's gonna be into whatever we tell him he's into. Because yep. you know we we already own all these damn toys, he better play with them also. So it's like right. you know when you're that little, you're the youngest sibling, you don't really have a choice. And I liked it; I thought it was cool, you know, cool characters and all. But it wasn't like mine; it was like something yeah. that existed before me, and I was kind of just like grandfathered into it. Um, that's not really how that expression works, but whatever. <laughs> um, turtles was the first one you know i got the first turtles figure like before my brother did or anything i got leo for my birthday and it was like and my brother's telling me how cool it is all the boys in the school love this franchise the new hot thing and it's like oh wow and it's mine i got it and it's like yeah. it felt special so and it was just cooler you know i just always liked like you know crazy character designs even as a little kid i liked like crazy dinosaurs and monsters and stuff like that so the turtles was like something special like it, there was something different about that figure than like all the ones like you know even like crazier ones like thundercats they're still very human the ninja turtles were like this whole other thing so uh yeah just instantly got into them but the cartoon i mean the, the toy line i was always into it the, more than the cartoon probably but that's not to undersell the cartoon i freaking loved the cartoon so definitely my favorite childhood cartoon like you know i loved like the super mario brothers super show and stuff but that can't even compare with ninja turtles like it, like even my second favorite cartoon does not compare with how much i love ninja turtles so no it's the same for me because <clears throat> honestly the more i think about it probably the real ghostbusters might have been the second most or the cartoon i watched the second most around that time and i don't have like nearly that. the like just nostalgic appeal for the real ghostbusters that i do for turtles i don't know what it is about turtles i don't know if it is just been the longevity that they've always kind of been there reminding you that they're yeah. there even when you're not into them you know what i mean because even when i wasn't as into turtles as i am now i've always been into them the new movies come out i still watch them and stuff yeah. like that but i mean back then everybody was into that cartoon there was no <laughs> kids our age other than the kids that just like you know played outside and did healthy things as a child and had their imagination <laughs> and stuff. But any kid that played with toys that was our age had turtles. Yeah. I mean, even when, even when I was playing outside with like my siblings and stuff, we were usually pretending to be the turtles and stuff. So it's yeah. like usually, the, or like we were acting out like whatever turtle character we just got, if we got say like Ray Filet for the first time, then like we'd, we'd act out a game where one of us was Ray Filet and stuff. Yeah. And like, like it was just always like we we're always just celebrating turtles in one way or another. This cartoon was like everything. And uh I think you know it's still definitely the most beloved version of the turtles. Like just the, the sales for NECA's tune oh, line easily. enough. Oh, like you, you go into stores now and there's just still so much merchandise for uh for you know modern uh for 87 turtles. It, it it's it's definitely still huge, but I do think there is this kind of like stigma about it these days that like between some fans, especially younger fans, that it was just kind of this goofy, stupid show that was just a, a, just nothing but a toy commercial. And that was it. And uh, it, it was just kind of this little stupid thing that happened in the 80s and 90s. And it's not really worth paying attention to as like a serious Turtles show. And uh, it definitely like it was a comedy. It definitely was a comedy which I think also some people don't get is that it's kind of intentionally cheesy sometimes. Cause you know, not to go on too much of a side tangent, but the original Mirage comics, Eastman and Laird, 
they really were just making a parody of superhero comics when they made that. Like they, they Daredevil won. was a straight up parody of Daredevil. Yeah, yeah, the foot, the hand. It's yep. like it, it's just meant to be like a, a, them ripping on how ridiculous superhero comics get, yet still take themselves so seriously. So it was like we got to make the most ridiculous thing ever, yet take it super seriously. That was the joke. Where a lot of people, I think, look back at the Mirage comics and that's lost on them. They just think like, oh, they're really dark and edgy, but it's like it was still meant for comedy's sake. So I think when they did the cartoon, they're like, let's do a spoof of all these Saturday morning cartoons that are coming out now. Like, you know, all those shows like He-Man and uh, you know, Thundercats and Silverhawks and Brave Star and all that stuff that those really like cheesy. I love them, but those really cheesy, wholesome cartoons yeah. from like the, the 80s that were so big. They were like, let's spoof it. The turtles will point out that they're in a cartoon. They'll break the fourth wall. They'll they'll make fun of the tropes, like when their hero music plays and stuff. They'll mention their theme song. And the, the villains just are like over the top. Like they say they hate fun and everything. So it's <laughs> like they, they were very self-aware. But I think some people watching that now, just like the Mirage comics, they, they, they the comedy's lost. They might just think the show's really goofy and they don't get that. It's like, poking fun at itself and the genre they might think that like oh wow this villain writing is just really bad <laughs> like they i don't think they get that it was meant to be funny it was meant to be exaggerated uh, and that's what i've come to really like about it as an adult like i almost like the cartoon as a whole more as an adult than i even did as a kid because i feel like it is packed with i mean i don't even know if it's adult humor but just stuff that three, four, five-year-old kids aren't going to get, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. breaking of the fourth wall, like, just knowing that they're in a cartoon and calling their own crap and stuff like that. That's what I like. And they intentionally put cheesy jokes in there and stuff like that. And again, as the older I get, the more I just appreciate stuff like that. It never really <laughs> took itself too seriously. And, like, the big three, like Transformers, He-Man, and G.I. Joe – I mean, they did kind of take themselves a little bit seriously. You know what I mean? They like, did, they really yeah. were trying to, like, get messages across. And, I mean, they, they wanted to take themselves seriously. And it, especially He-Man comes off very cheesy by today's standards yeah. as well. But the Turtles were already poking fun at themselves. So that's why I don't really – it doesn't really bother me when younger people do kind of point that out because I can appreciate that. I can understand if you just want your Turtles to be hardcore. But going yeah. back to that time – we had the Toon Turtles, but we also had the movie Turtles, which is what yeah. scratched that itch for me at the time, too. So that's kind of my favorite part about our era of the Turtles is the Toon Turtles were huge, but we also had the movie Turtles. So we kind of had two different streams to grow up with. So I feel like it was kind of the best of both worlds. And I like my cartoon Turtles goofy and pizza loving, and I like my movie Turtles more serious. And I mean, not quite as hardcore as Mirage, but almost the mashup of where the comics and cartoons kind of meet. You know what I mean? Like it's a pretty good amalgamation yeah. of everything for the live action for the first movie anyway. Yeah. I think, yeah, I always explain the first movie. I describe it. It's not to get too into the movie. We're talking about the show, but uh, <laughs> I, I think of it as the perfect balance of the cartoon and the Mirage comics. It's mm -hmm. like, it, it satisfies both fans. Yeah. But, you know, getting back to the cartoon, that's something I think is great about it is that, as a little kid, you, like you notice there's funny jokes, Michelangelo, you know, he loves pizza and all that, yeah. but you're not like, you're not really laughing at like the sitcom kind of humor between the villains, like, you know, the villains and the channel six news characters, there's some really funny crap written in there. And like, as a kid, you don't pick up on that. Like 
you're just kind of you're into it you can enjoy it as a serious action adventure cartoon as a kid and then enjoy it as a comedy cartoon as an adult exactly so it, it satisfies all audiences that might have something to do with why it got so big as parents were probably you know watching with their kids and you know, like I look like I said, I love He Man, but I know it's cheesy. It's like the Leave It to Beaver of Saturday morning. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's so, the perfect uh, way to put I, that. I can assume parents were just like, you know, trying to get through He Man, just be like, oh my god, this freaking show! Like, like they just weren't enjoying it. Minimal animation, you know, like super cheesy. Uh, it's for turtles. I think a lot of the adults probably kind of got into it with their kids and thought it was like not like they were fans, but they thought it was fun and they were like. Oh yeah, I know that show. That one's pretty funny. I'll buy my kid those toys. I'll buy them those video games because, you know, I, I like that one. That's a good show. So I think like that kind of helped it in that it had broader appeal than something like He-Man or even like, you know, G.I. Joe. It had the action fixed G.I. Joe. But then like you had like, you know, your character like Shipwreck, who's like supposed to be funny sometimes, but yeah. like it's not like comedy that adults are gonna laugh at. It's like Scooby-Doo cute humor, kind of. So yeah. it's like which for the record, um, Shipwreck is my favorite part of that show and i mean i do <laughs> laugh at him because his lines are hilarious yeah he, he was basically the michelangelo of their team oh but, yeah uh, <laughs> kind of the rap yeah. too just always cracking one-liners but <laughs> I, I feel like that is the mark of a good timeless show though is one that you can appreciate for one reason as a kid and then for another reason as adult like to me that's yeah. why the simpsons has always resonated with me so well throughout life I mean, I clearly like most people my age. I'm not into the newer seasons super a lot or anything like that. But I don't know if anybody is. Yeah. Somebody has shows. to be, I guess. Somebody has to be, I guess. <laughs> exactly. But it's one of those things where I got jokes as a kid, but as I've gotten older, I'll watch the same episodes and I just keep picking up more jokes that I never <laughs> got before. And I look at the same episodes in different ways. And as a kid, I could see things again, not to get on a Simpsons tangent here, but I could see things from Bart's point of view. And now I can kind of see them from Homer's point of view. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and again, back to turtles, it's kind of like that with me. Like you said, as a kid, I didn't think it was cheesy. I thought it was a kick-ass action cartoon at the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, the cheesy didn't really, I didn't really understand that at the time. And now as an adult, that is what I see, but I love it. It's fun. Like it, it is like, it, it doesn't take itself seriously. They make fun of themselves. They call themselves out. And it's, it's again, I, to me, I enjoy it almost more. I'm not going to say more than I did when I was a kid, but I have it on in the background multiple times a week. And I just, I mean, I still pick up things that I never really even got before. Like, cause I'm just listening to it through adult ears now. I think that's a, uh, a great, great way to put it is that like, not that you enjoy it more now. Cause as a kid, it's like, you know, it was our lives, but I, I appreciate it more now. I yeah. think, I think I like, I, uh, I appreciate everything that went into it now more. Like, like I appreciate what it's doing more as a kid. It's just like your action fix, you know, your, your cartoon fix. But as an adult, you like, you appreciate like how much more there is to it that, uh, a lot of that gets like, it gets lost on people, I think, these days. And I know there's a lot of younger people love the 2003 cartoon, which is actually it is an amazing cartoon. I will say, like, uh, I've been rewatching that on on Paramount Plus, and I'm like, oh wow, I forgot how good this cartoon was. It was really good. I think the people, a lot of people's problem, younger people mostly, who dig up the 2003 show, which it had a lot of comedy, but it was a little more serious than the 87 cartoon. It was yeah. more like an adaptation of the Mirage comics made for kids, whereas mm -hmm. like. The 87 show is very different from the Mirage comics. Um, 
I think that's the thing that they say it's too goofy. And I, I never liked that special turtles forever, by the way, because it just craps all over the 87 show. Yeah. <laughs> like, it just makes it out to be like you're watching like a circus act of the whole thing. And yeah, what they call them the short chubby ones or whatever. Yeah. They're like they're throwing <laughs> trash cans at Shredder and stuff. So they never acted like that. Like, I don't know, but they made them all Michelangelo, basically. It's like four Michelangelos. And uh but yeah, yeah, it was it was it was like a novelty at the time, but I never liked it. Uh I think it's the thing though is like the thing is that the original Turtles, yes, it is a comedy, it's not serious. But earlier in the show, especially season one, you know, five episodes, but that is even if you want to watch it as like a more comedic but still serious Saturday morning cartoon, that's the season to watch. Cause that one is like a good narrative over the, the course of five episodes. It gets everything started and it is just a kick-ass cartoon in those five episodes. Like it's really not, it's still a comedy, but it's not as comedic as it got. It's more on the adventure angle, I think, than the comedy. So, so my two favorite like pieces of turtles media are the original movie and then that original first season, because it is yeah. for those reasons that you said, like they came out swinging in that cartoon. Like there was not really anything made in America that was hitting on the cylinders that that cartoon was hitting on at that time. I mean, it really was like, I mean, I would say on par with any anime that was out at the time, as far as just the animation itself, the writing, I mean, it was a little bit more serious. I mean, I'm not going to say it was adult, but, I mean, yeah. if you watch that first season, like it definitely has a much, much different tone. It's not goofy at all. Bebop and Rocksteady are menacing. Shredder, I mean, he actually is a good villain. He act doesn't just get his mask pulled down over his face and get a wedgie or anything <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? Like him and Splinter go at it. And like even just the animation in that intro, like watching Michelangelo's nunchucks move and stuff like that, <laughs> like I just always... I, I, I don't know if it would have made the cartoon more successful or less successful if they stayed in that tone, but as an adult, it really just does intrigue me what it would have been like if they would have just kept that more serious tone, kept the higher production and made less episodes and weren't just trying to pedal it out as fast as possible because yeah. I do that first season. It, it means a lot to me. Those are, I had those VHS tapes. I watched them over and over and over. And as an adult, I will say that that holds up to any, of the cartoons whenever anybody else is trying to dog on that show like that first season is comparable with anything from 2k3 as the kids call it anything from the 2012 show like it it is objectively good and if there is one thing of that original cartoon that is objectively good it is those first five episodes yeah i i mean i agree i think honestly i know it's it's a bit different it gets season two i think season two i might like even more than season one season one is objectively the best i think like there's no denying yeah. season one is the best season two it's kind of like it's a little more in the style of season one but it's it's setting up how the show is going to more or less play out in the future yeah. um so you get more like season two you know it starts with like uh it starts with a story like an ongoing story the eye of sarnath the little like MacGuffin that uh comes from the alien in the first episode, you know, it, it involves like the shrinking turtles and the one where, you know, Shredder puts it in his helmet and Baxter Stockman steals it and all. Um, they, they, they had, they had that going on and that they kind of just dropped that halfway through the season. <laughs> um, but there is still continuity going on through the whole season. And like, it's all building up to Crane finally being able to bring the Technodrome uh, to earth. And uh, cause you know, Bebop and Rocksteady and Krang are like in dimension X 
for you know most of the season and mm -hmm. shredder and baxter stockman are in uh you know earth and it's, it's kind of funny that's like after stockman becomes the fly at the end of the season he's just reduced to like a once a season cameo but he was like a main villain uh in that season yeah human baxter was yeah and uh it, it's just there's so many memorable episodes in there there's like uh New York's shiniest with Rex one. There's the crooked Ninja turtle gang. There's uh, uh what was the, the name of the, the, the pizza monster episode. Pizza monsters, <laughs> yep. There's, there's, there's so many of them. There's just like these like iconic, they're the ones that when you think of the, the show, those are like the first episodes that jump into your mind. And, uh, yeah. and again, for me, like those are special ones because I had the VHSs. So, I mean, I have seen the pizza monsters one 10 <laughs> million times. I have seen the Rex one episode 10 million times and yeah. it's it, it, it's weird that in your mind like you look back and you think like rex one was this huge character in the show you think pizza monsters are these huge characters but they were only ever in one episode but <laughs> it, those earlier seasons that's how it is i don't know why but they just stand out so much more in my mind even though they didn't even have any of the iconic playmates characters in them yeah yeah oh uh case of the missing pizzas i think it's called um I think it's called that, but uh, yeah, episode? I believe so. I believe that's okay. the name. I don't know all the names. I can't remember the name <laughs> of the episodes. Uh, yeah, it's funny because I started when I started watching the show. It was '89. It was like season three was going on, uh, but they would show like season two and season one in reruns. I remember like very shortly after I watched the show, seeing the episode where Bebop and Rocksteady are mutated. So like, I kind of got into. I didn't see all of them right away. I kind of saw them in bits and pieces over like a year or two. But still, even for me, even though season three was why I started with, those first two seasons are still just the most iconic to me. I probably saw the most of season three as a kid because it was just like, oh, it had so many episodes, 40 episodes, and they were just like constantly in reruns. But they, they every now and then they'd squeeze in those season one and season two episodes. I ended up seeing those. Those season one and season two ones are just so well done. They just st they stand out the most to me still, like, like, even though they weren't the first episodes I saw. And the only VHS tape I ever owned was uh, Sky Turtles from Burger King. Yep. Uh, that was the only, I had the movies, but that was the only cartoon episode. I just caught it on TV. I was like the opposite of you. You know, you, you saw it more on the VHSs. I saw it more yep. on TV. Yeah. I, I don't know if season one and season two, I think season two, I just, I, I just love it. It is more episodic than season one, but it still has the overarching, like, you know, continuity going on. So I just think it was kind of like the perfect balance of like what the show could have stayed at if they kept the quality going and season three is pretty close season three is good but just with 40 episodes they're not all going to be you know winners you're going to have some you're going to have some stinkers if you're doing 40 episodes like these poor animators like god yeah so and, uh, and you see a lot of signs for that and <clears throat> you you could tell they did those 40 episodes so they could push for syndication so that way they could play it five days a week all year company, round yeah and it did lead to a lot of those glaring issues that we look back on there's all those animation issues exactly turtles missing the top of their head <laughs> yeah, countless times even early on the wrong voices coming out of the wrong turtles yeah um, and one of my things that even i noticed as a kid and i'm really surprised that i did pick up on this is the voice actors being different on turtles <laughs> and crane in certain episodes yeah and i feel like raphael bugs me more than donnie was Whenever Rob Paulson isn't doing Raph, I don't know why those episodes, like, I almost feel like, are, 
are the jokes worse or does Rob Paulson just somehow <laughs> deliver bad jokes better than that other voice actor does? Because to me, yeah. I always loved Rob Paulson's terrible jokes, but this other one, I'm just like, get this guy out of here, man. Like, what is he doing? <laughs> That's how it was with uh, shredder. There was like an episode or two where there's no James Avery. Oh and, uh, yes. The guy's not even like trying to mimic James no. Avery's voice. If anything, it sounds like he's trying to do like Mr. Miyagi or something. Oh it's man, like... yeah, it's really bad. Like he is trying to add like a bad Japanese, which again, Shredder is technically a Japanese guy at the end of the day. Yeah. But I mean, James Avery wasn't playing it that way. You know what I mean? So <laughs> James Avery had such a good villain voice, though. Like a villain. Dude, he who... might be okay. So one of my favorite episodes is the one where Shredder thinks or turns into Michelangelo in his oh, head yeah. and it's James Avery doing shredder doing Michelangelo. And that might yeah. be one of my favorite voice acting jobs of all time, dude. It is hilarious yeah. to listen he, to him do a super or surfer <laughs> voice, but in shredders voice coming out of James Avery. Like, I don't know. That's one of my I favorite episodes. That. And God, yeah. that, that guy was just a gem that is definitely missed. RIP James Avery. He was, he was probably the, him and Carlton were the best part of Fresh Prince as it is anyway. But um, yeah, I think uh, that episode, not only is he having, you can tell he's having so much fun doing that, like playing oh, yeah. weird characters like that. There was something, the animation was like better in that episode too. Like every now and then you'd get an episode where the animation was just more fluent. I think specifically when he first shows up and he thinks he's Mike and he's at the sewer and he's like coming in with some pizzas and he's like, he's just like there's a bounce to his step that you don't see in the animation usually and everything like, there's just a lot more like frames it's a lot more fluent and it's, it's just weird that back in like season two and season three every now and then you'd get that episode that would just have better animation than the others and uh i, I never quite knew as a kid what that was like I, I don't know if different animators did different episodes so some of the animators were just more talented or if it was like a budget thing like they like this is going to be a popular episode put more money into this episode or something i don't know but so that's a talking point that i wanted to bring up too because it's something i like i'm assuming they probably were putting it out to multiple studios to get it done as fast as possible but it is significantly different and i did notice it as a kid too it almost looks more like disney-esque yeah you know what i mean like there's more of that like squash said, and stretch kind of going on like yes, a bit more of that like bounciness. The, yeah that shredder is one of the perfect examples like the way he just moves is <laughs> like i i don't know what it is but it's totally different even the turtles have like their facial expressions are just more animated. Whoever did that yeah. animation is kind of who I wish would have stuck with it outside of whoever did <laughs> the first season. Because again, the first season I just think is yeah. far and away the best animation. But yeah, that's <clears throat> even as a kid, again, I'm surprised I could pick up on something like that. But in, in, and again, I don't know, is it just season two or season three? I can't remember. It seems like it happens very sporadically for a while too. I feel like, well, season four, when I go back and rewatch it, I remember the first time like really rewatching it completely in chronological order. Cause I got a DVD box set back when, in like 2007, that was like part of season three, part of season four. And I didn't notice it then. Cause I was just watching random episodes, but at some point years later, I was like, well, let me actually watch the whole show, you know, in, in order. I didn't make it. I made like season five and then, you know, <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, I just watch random episodes, but back then I was trying to watch them all in order. And uh, I noticed once you go from last episode of season three to the first episode of season four, not only is the intro like different animation, like they changed the intro, but like just there's a huge drop in, in animation quality in yeah. that time. It's so much choppier and uh, it's just kind of lazier. Even the animation on the intro isn't as good. I know the, the first no. three seasons 
that was done by Toei Animation, you know, the, the, the Japanese studio. That makes sense. I guess I didn't know it was Toei, but that's why I had that anime vibe. That makes yeah. sense to me then. Okay. I don't know if they did the first season. I think they just did the intro, but I'm guessing okay. I'm guessing the people who animated the episodes were told do it like they would do it. Like yeah, do it that like that makes the sense intro. then. Okay. Yeah. So um season four, everything's very stiff. It's very, you know, choppy and jumpy, mm-hmm. and there's not as many frames uh for everything. There's a lot of those like clunky shots where you just kind of the character barely moves and it's supposed to be an action scene, but like it looks pathetic. Like there's really not much animation, Um, which like, you know, I didn't really notice that as much as a kid, but when you watch it as an adult, it definitely makes those later seasons harder to watch uh, because the animation is just not as good. I still love season four. There's so many good episodes in season four. Um, Season four has a lot of my favorites, which, yeah that that's the season i think when they put out the vhs's each of the turtles got like their own one where it had the raphael meets his match and the leonardo yeah. lightens up yeah so those are some of my favorite episodes like that's kind of where like it ends for me i don't think i really had a lot of vhs's past that and that's kind of where i started falling off a little bit but yeah season four definitely still has some great episodes but it is just different and you can feel it everywhere. Like you can tell like the fighting just completely almost gets eliminated to where it's just like yeah. goofy things happening. You know what I mean? I don't think there's any real fight scenes going after that with the exception of like the Tempestra episode, like that actually with the monsters and stuff like that, that's kind of fun. Yeah. But I mean, it really is like, th- that's where I think they got all the stuff where they were trying to appease everybody and it just ended up yeah. getting too many changes to where they couldn't really do anything anymore and it just was almost more just nothing but a slapstick cartoon at that point yeah i think yeah that's where you get a lot of the stuff i think turtles forever was cracking on where like yeah you know rather than leonardo you know cutting foot soldiers in half with his katana blades he kicks a trash can and it trips a bunch of them and they fall over or something or they put a trash can over him and start beating it or something like, you know, it's goof. How the movies yeah. did the same thing. You go from the first movie to the second one and suddenly they're fighting with sausages and stuff. And it's right. like, and like mops, like Donatello is using a mop or like a sock and bopper or whatever. And it's like, and again, um, that would have been about the same exact time season four yeah. in the second movie. So that is again, when they're like, okay, you know, we shouldn't be fighting with weapons anymore. Yeah. And- I think the movie, I think the first movie might have affected the cartoon series. I think it might be because there were people who complained that the first movie was too dark, too violent, and like just too focused on fighting and stuff. Oh, I bet there was. I guarantee there's a bunch of parents that took their kids to the movies. And I mean, the first words out of Raphael's mouth are damn, you know what I mean? So it (laughs) it starts off like, all right, this ain't going to be no cartoon turtles. So yeah, like, can you imagine back then if you you went and saw like a Thundercats movie and then the first thing Lionel says is, oh shit, like, 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 it's not the same thing, but it's kind of the same thing. Like as a kid, it's like, oh man, like instantly when you hear that, you're like, all right, this isn't, this isn't, you know, like the the, the poster said, this ain't no cartoon. Like, yeah. And again, it's just, it's one of those things because turtles is one of the few franchises that blew up and it wasn't their first like thing that blew them up you know what i mean like again in the comic world hardcore comic people knew about the mirage comics and stuff like that oh yeah i didn't even know about mirage until i was an adult like i mean i only (laughs) knew about the archie comics as a kid and i remember one day someone's like have you ever read the old turtles comics and i was like yeah they're pretty much like the cartoons like no the ones where they actually use their weapons and kill people i was like what the hell are you talking about (laughs) so again like even though that's how the turtle started, it was still so early on when that first movie came out that the new 
Kitty Turtles hasn't even really been like, I mean, more. I mean, they were established, but the cart or the comic had existed much longer than the cartoon at that point. Yeah, oh, definitely. 84 to 87 is like yeah. the cartoon was 87, just comics were 84, so they've been around for a while. Yeah, I think because the thing is, parents didn't know about the, the, the comics, kids weren't reading the comics, you know, teenagers were reading the comics and yeah. stuff, and adults are reading them. So I think like now that they knew, okay, this is this thing my kids love, they take them to the movie. And even though you look at it now, it's still like full of slapstick and it's still funny and stuff. Yeah. It's still cracking jokes. Mike's doing, you know, impressions and everything. But it if, compared to the cartoon, it's like for the parents back then, you know, you're watching the cartoon one second and you pop in this movie. And even though it looks like an innocent movie to us now, parents back then are like, oh my God, did I just show my kid Jacob's ladder? Like, what the hell is this? Like, <laughs> like it's like, it just seemed like such a stark contrast. So I think the cartoon had to mellow down also just because there was probably a lot of parents complaining about like, I don't like that. You know, my, my kids are, you know, into people fighting with katana blades and, and size and all these violent weapons. So right. the turtles just started, you know, fighting with inanimate objects and you know, infamously Mikey, you know, he, he didn't use the nunchucks anymore. He used the grappling hook and all. And, uh, yeah, I think even that, as a kid, I noticed that too. It's like, why does he never use his nunchucks anymore? <laughs> why does he always have this grappling hook? And how is a grappling hook a weapon? Like, <laughs> weirdly, I, I never noticed that why the kid. grappling hook, like, I don't know. Odd choice. And also on that note, why nunchucks out of all the weapons? Why is that the weapon that England or whatever decided that just wasn't okay anymore? I mean, it seems like I a believe... katana could do a lot more damage than a set of nunchucks. <laughs> a katana could do katana could kill someone without even trying. Yeah. I think my my theories, I, I believe what what I heard, so my theory, not really a theory, but what I believe I heard is you know, not everyone can just walk down the street with a katana blade. Uh, if you do, you're going to jail. So um, I think nunchucks were a weapon that, you know, anyone could make essentially okay. and could just carry around. There was no law against having nunchucks because they're not a lethal weapon on their own. It's just like a stick with, you know, it is right. it can be very <laughs> lethal. But I think the thing is, I think there were nunchuck attacks, oddly enough, in the area at the time or like in recent memory. So they, they didn't want the show promoting that. So I think that's what it was. Rather than like just saying, you know, because no, no, nunchucks are nowhere near as deadly as like, you know, katana. But I think it's just like they were like, well, there have been nunchuck attacks in recent memory. So we don't want to support nunchucks. But katana blades, yeah, those are fine. We haven't had any katana killing. Right. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it was definitely weird. Um, I guess we just have to get into the, the overall drop of qual in quality that just gradually kept getting worse and worse over the course of the show. Not that it got bad. You know, I can still watch the later seasons, but season four is the last, like, really good season of the, the show. I would say the first three seasons are great. The first season is amazing. The fourth season's good. And then everything after that is kind of like, well, if you love Ninja Turtles, you can keep watching. But if you don't, don't bother. Like, <laughs> it's not. It only appeals to you if you love Ninja Turtles, those later ones, because they're not quite as long as season three and four. Those were humongous. I hate to say that the writing got more childish because it is a, a children's show, but I just have to mention, like, you know, I use this example in one of my turtle talk videos. I did also when uh, talking about planet of the turtleoids, it was like this big event they did in season six, uh, which was the last season I, I watched. Like I didn't even watch all of it. I was kind of like, was like, I was losing interest in it then, but that was a big deal. That was like, Oh, this big event. And, uh, I rewatched it as an adult when doing my turtle talk videos. Cause that was hard to get a hold of. They didn't put that on any DVDs or anything. So it was later that I watched that episode again. 
And uh, I just remember watching that. And even like when I got older, I watched, you know, the, the Muckman Joe Eibel episode and the Mondo Gecko episode, season five and season six and stuff. Like the writing was just, it was just, like there wasn't any of that funny wit anymore. The jokes weren't like clever anymore. They didn't have jokes that adults could laugh at. They were just like pure cheese. My, my, be- my best example I can give is the character Dirtbag. Um, his lines are, I don't know if it's because of the voice actor or just what, his lines are like, they're, I hate to use the term, but they're cringeworthy kind of, because it's like, he's he's just reading it off a sheet and it's the most bare bones stuff. Like, he get he, they get turned into mutants and they're introducing themselves and like, Shredder's like, well, what do you call these things? And he's like, the moles call me dirt bag. And it's like, he reads it like he's a speaking spell or something. <laughs> and then later on, like during the action scene, the music's going, you know, he's fighting Raph. He opens up a pipe in the sewer and he go. He just straight up out loud goes, "I'm gonna hide in this pipe," and opens it up and crawls in. And it's like, and then like Raph's like Raph like, like beat it, dirtbag or something. He's like, "Hey, my name is Dirtbag," and it's just like it really lets you know just like how much the writing has fallen at that point. <laughs> it's like they're not even trying to to write funny jokes or anything. They're they're just like. That was the point where they were like, okay, this is just a toy commercial. Just make it, get it out there. The kids will like whatever you give them as long as the turtles are in it. It seemed like it was just like, we, you know, we got to keep making this kind of thing as opposed to like, we want to make this sort of thing. Well, um, so, so season five would have been what, 92? 90, 91, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So that would have been, I think their peak year for toy. I'm pretty sure 91 was their peak year for toy sales. I could be wrong. It's either 91 or 92. And I yeah. feel like they just were in that position where they probably just like, we're too big to fail, you know, right now we can do anything. <laughs> and it probably just to get to that point, we're like, we don't have to try. Like we're running the biggest franchise in the entire yeah. world right now. Like what, what do we care? Like we're making money hand over fist. Like nobody can stop <laughs> us. Cause that's the other thing with turtles is they had no competitor until power Rangers really came along. Yeah, they like, didn't. The big three were always kind of competing with each other a little bit, but like I said, there's a reason Turtles just the cartoon just sticks out so much in your mind because it really just was even when they weren't great it was still the best kids cartoon on at the time almost <laughs> oh yeah definitely I mean there was a lot of people wanting to be competitors there was like you know biker mice from Mars and oh, yeah. uh, and that's about and, when all that stuff was probably really starting to pop off too all the kind yeah. of the copycat franchises anthropomorphic heroes bucky yeah. o'hare which i know was a comic in the 80s but like they they made a show out of it to compete with ninja turtles oh yeah and, uh even playmates uh and, and fred wolf himself they, they were even making competitors like toxic crusaders and stuff yeah uh which was also very like self-aware and comedic and stuff there was just so many of those those like cowboys of moo mesa and barnyard commandos and all that <laughs> stupid crap and it's like there was just so many of, of those uh those ripoffs and none of them even blew up even something like you know it was it was definitely its own it was really cool but even something like swat cats is probably it probably wouldn't exist if it wasn't oh i forgot about swat cats that's a deep <laughs> one i forgot about that I don't think I would have remembered SWAT Cats. My, my best friend, like he he loved SWAT Cats as a kid, so I'll never forget about SWAT Cats. But yeah, it wasn't something cool. I grew up with. But yeah, I don't think that would have even existed. Hell, I don't even know if Darkwing Duck would have existed if it wasn't for the success of Ninja Turtles. Like yeah. everyone was just like animal superheroes. It's what we got to do right now. Oh, so. it was. I mean, it, it was a game changer. And again, like if you weren't there, you just really can't understand how big it was. And I can't yeah. even really think of anything ever that's in my lifetime that's been as dominant like i cannot think of one franchise 
that has just completely dominated all their peers like that since the Turtles? I can think of one. Um, it's not just a, uh, a cartoon franchise, though. Uh, it, it's funny, though, because it's one that, you know, I, I've experienced it. I think it's okay, but I've always had a huge disconnect because it's one of the most popular franchises. It's actually the highest grossing multimedia franchise of all time. And I just always thought it was like, okay, at best Pokemon. Pokemon. I get it. I'm a, I'm a big Pokemon person. So yeah, I get it. <laughs> Everyone is. I'm the only person on earth who's not. A, and even then I've played, you know, I've played gen one. I played gen three, gen four, gen five. I didn't like gen five. That got me out of it. I played a bit of go when it was out and when it was new and stuff. And like, yeah, it's, it's fun. I, I get the appeal. I get like why people love it, but it's just, for me, it was never that big. It was just like, it's okay it's 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 cute there's other nintendo games i like way more than it like you know mario and zelda and stuff but that i think pokemon like late 90s early 2000s pokemon ruled the world yeah and uh i I think that's the only thing comparable probably yep i'll I'll give you that one that definitely yep i'll agree with that i can't think of anything that was really when pokemon was out i mean video games cards it was that multimedia (laughs) franchise that was everything Cause like, I know like SpongeBob is one of the biggest cartoons ever. And that was like early two thousands blew up, but it didn't have, it wasn't like, it's a bigger cartoon than turtles was, but it doesn't have all the multimedia outlets that turtles did. Like it, like the, the movies and the toys are nowhere near as big as the actual cartoon show is for SpongeBob. So the thing with that is when the original creator was alive, he didn't want any merchandising like that. He wanted yeah. it to just be the cartoon. Like, um, what's that comic strip? Um, Calvin and Hobbes. Yes, it was. It's essentially like yeah. that. He didn't want it to be over merchandised, and yeah. that was originally what he wanted. So that's why, again, SpongeBob was still huge, but it could have been even bigger because I got yeah. toys or what. I mean, still- they made a movie. They made multiple movies now, but I know they made that first movie. Um, and they made like, and it wasn't, it wasn't that well received. I think the show was always much more popular than the movie yeah. was. And they made like video games and p- kids liked them, but they, you did, you didn't hear about those as much as you heard about the show SpongeBob. Yeah. Whereas Ninja Turtles, like the toys, the, the video games, the movies, the, the cartoons, they were all equally humongous. Like they oh, were yeah. all super popular. Like, I mean, Turtles, the arcade game and Turtles in Time are like two of the most popular arcade games from that era. And it's like, oh yeah, I mean they're definitely two of my favorite beat 'em ups of all time. Yeah, turtles was just a juggernaut. Like in every, I mean, even food, there was freaking turtle pies, everything, and all that, everything. Like I mean, literally, and that's what I'm saying. If you weren't there, you just can't understand. You went anywhere, <laughs> and something would have a turtles brand on it. Food, yeah, toilet paper, everything. You remember I... the stupid camera where you took a picture <laughs> and it had a little turtle freaking. <laughs> what am I trying to say? Watermark in the corner, like (laughs) everything, like they were just everywhere. And again, it was the perfect storm of the toy line and the cartoon, just both working together. Yeah. I mean, and again, I I, I never know which is more important, which is bigger, which got me into it. It's hard to say if it's the cartoon or the toy line, or if it's them working together in harmony. Yeah. It's, I think it's both of them together. For me, the toy line was bigger, but that's not to say, like, I probably wouldn't have stayed into the toy line as long as I did if not for the cartoon. So, uh, like, they you, they needed both. It was like a symbiotic relationship. Like, yeah. you needed both of them. And I, I just think because that cartoon was so big, that's why we got all those all that merchandise. Like, I remember, like, I had, like, Ninja Turtle, like, there was, like, Ninja Turtle toothpaste. I had Ninja Turtle, like, underwear when I was a little, like, yep. Leonardo underwear. I had, like, you know, just everything. It was, like, Tic-Tac-Toe Ninja Turtles. But every board game was remade as Ninja Everything. Turtle. 
puzzles, lunch boxes, sleeping bags, like pillowcases, stuffed animals, everything was like turtles. Like you went anywhere. I remember you just go to like a you know the, the doctor's office and they'd have like you know right. a stuffed Raphael on the shelf or something. And like I remember even watching stuff, you know, now Nickelodeon owns turtles, but back in the day, Double Dare, they used to have the show on Nickelodeon Double Dare, the game show. I saw a rerun of it years ago. And they show the, the the audience, and for no reason at all, the audience is cheering right in the front of the audience. They just have a big stuffed Raphael there, and it's like like n- nothing to do with the program. <laughs> like they're just just Ninja Turtles was just a part of every kid's yeah. life then. So it's like you want to appeal the kids, throw some Ninja Turtles in there. So yeah, this cartoon was such a big deal, and that's something I want to say. Touching on Pokemon, uh, there's a little bit of salt. We're a little salty here. Um, <laughs> So a lot of younger nerds, you know, being a nerd online, you, you talk to like people of all different ages and stuff. And even just in person, you know, now we're in our thirties, you know, our mid thirties. Now we're like most nerds we meet are going to be a little younger than we are. Um, and uh, talking to some of them, a lot of them will say that they'll disregard Ninja Turtles. Like, oh, the original one was just, a, it was a toy commercial. They were just advertising toys. And I always think like, you little bastard, you like Pokemon. And Pokemon <laughs> is the biggest commercial of all time. Like, Every episode of that anime is just like, we got to catch a Gyarados today. Everyone in the world loves Gyarados now. And like, everyone's trying to catch a Gyarados. Who's that Pokemon? Go get his card. Go get the new game so you can catch him. Buy the game three freaking times so you can trade the characters between each game. And it's like, I'm not, not disrespecting Pokemon, but it's like, it's a, it's a freaking, it's a scam, man. It's a, yeah. <laughs> it's a money making scheme. It uh, it's a good, damn good one. They figured it out. Good. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I mean, like everything to a certain degree, every multimedia franchise is a commercial to a certain degree. Oh, so yeah. it's like, and to be fair, the Turtles, most episodes weren't advertising a, a toy, actually. Like even season three, everyone remembers season three as like, that's the one that had like, you know, Leatherhead and the Rat King and stuff. But most episodes were just the Turtles versus some random mobsters or like Bebop and Rocksteady again or something. And so, they might pull out like the retro mutagen catapult in an episode for a scene or something. But like most episodes weren't advertising anything, actually. And that, like that's when I go back and rewatch it and watch all these. I, I don't really want to call them filler episodes, but like <laughs> half the episodes of the show or just some alien showing up and causing problems. That's like yeah. literally half the episodes. There's so that many is. random aliens that show up that they never made a toy of. Like, yeah. I, mean, I think there's like, I can't remember if it's three or four season three or four, but there's like three episodes in a row where it's just three different aliens coming to town, <laughs> causing different problems. Yeah. They, they loved their aliens. Just like crazy so stuff. I mean, so many. Think of all the episodes where, like, they, 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 you know, get to the center of the earth and discover dinosaurs or a giant, like, King Kong ape is attacking the city and stuff. Like, there's so much weird stuff happening yeah. that's, like, it's, they didn't make toys of all that crap. They didn't no, make they didn't a know. toy of the Diplodocus that the turtles rode on or anything. Like, I guess they made t- dinosaurs eventually, but, you know. And that's um, why, like... When we say like NECA is running out of ideas, there's like I said, there's a lot of really, really deep cuts to this show yeah. if you want to think about it. But again, there's like such deep cuts that they don't really like you don't even remember them. Like, I don't remember yeah. even like the Pee Wee Herman alien, I can't think of his name right off the top of my head. Um, I remember him. There's the chubby ones that show up that have six arms, and I think um, yeah. Donatello and Rocksteady are in a solo episode in that episode, or, or yeah, like. Yeah, there's the one where they get stranded together. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, It's weird because you don't remember 
these aliens, but again, you look at Rex one, he was only in one episode. You look at the pizza monsters, they were only in yeah. that one episode. Why do they Big stand Mac. out so much when these random aliens don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Big Mac, the robot, they're making him also NECA. Yep. I'm like, he was, he was, you know, just the one and done. There was just so many weird characters. There was like the Freddy Krueger guy. Do you remember him? There was an episode with like Freddy. He had like a snake body. He was like a genie or something, but he was like Freddy Krueger on the top. And, oh, uh, just so many crazy characters that they made off the top of my head, but I must not be paying attention when that one comes on. <laughs> most of them were not promoting like, like uh, merchandise though. Most of them yeah. were just like random stories, like weird stuff. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It just gets this reputation that like, it was all for toys. It's like, dude, between season three and season four alone, you had 81 episodes. You can't make 81 commercials. I'm no. sorry. Like, <laughs> like they weren't all commercials. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think like, even then I have to say when I was a little kid, I, I was aware that, you know, they were cross promoting the toys and the, and the cartoon and I loved it. I thought it was so much fun. I was like, I, I actually did. Most people saw the cartoon first and then wanted the characters toys. They saw in the cartoon. I was the opposite. I wanted, I'd see a new wave of toys was out. I'd get the, I'd want to get the whole wave. I'd get super into those characters and then I'd be hyped to see them show up in the cartoon. And uh, I think that's kind of how it is more so for me too. Uh, like yeah. again, I'm, I'm never really sure which one I look more fondly back on. I definitely leaned more towards the toys, but that's how it was for me too. It seemed like to me, the toys were kind of Canon and yeah. I exactly. That's who I wanted to appear in the cartoon because Mondo Gecko just seemed like a huge character to me, and I think he was only in like two episodes, you know what I mean? But yeah, everybody had his toy, everybody had that toy, like so he just stands out to me so much that he just seems like such a big character to me. Yeah, he 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 does to everyone, I think. Mondo Gecko, everyone remembers him as being like one of the main allies of the turtles, but it's yeah. like I mean, he was bigger in the Archie comics, but it's just yeah, it's just crazy that like he really he was in, you know. He was in two episodes of the cartoon, but most of us only saw the one. Like the yeah, one where he was the one who came so in like, later season. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, one. way later, like season seven, when they were just like, you know, let's bring back every character anyone ever loves because nobody's Wait, watching. It might the be show the Turtleoids episode that he comes back in. Even maybe I I'm wrong. I can't it's, remember. Uh, I think it's the Dirk Savage one, if I remember correctly. Oh, okay, that's what know. it is. I know it's one that has a lot of other characters in it. But that's yeah, it. they had like you know they threw in Toka and Razar in that yep. one and stuff. And then the next season they had Night of the Rogues, where they brought yep. in like here's every villain ever with the wrong voice <laughs> actor. And <laughs> um, you know, if you're bringing back Tempestra, you're you're desperate. So right. uh, hey, hold and, on, for you the know, record, like, though, that's one of my favorite episodes, and we'll get into that here in a minute. Um, <laughs> Tempestra's awesome, but I just mean like she wasn't selling a toy or anything. Like, no, most kids probably didn't even remember her by that point in the show because like she was a one and done character. She didn't get toys. She didn't get comics. So it's like she's cool, and it's awesome to see her in Shredder's Revenge. I can't believe they brought it back for Shredder's Revenge. One of my favorite surprises for sure. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but it's just crazy. They brought her back. And, um, like I've said uh, before, it's like, like scumbug is like April acts like she knows scumbug already in that episode. She's like, Oh, I, I know who this is. He's no good and everything. It's like, no, we never met. We have the toy. We all own the toy, but no one's ever seen him in the show. And, uh, I, like, I, I don't know if it was a, a canceled episode that was supposed to happen in like season three or something or season, oh, probably season four. Um, but yeah, they, they just act like we all knew who he was. They were just putting in any character they could at that point in season seven because they're like, 
we're not really making characters in the toy line anyone cares about anymore. Like you're not going to get an episode with Hotspot and Scratch. <laughs> so right. it's like they just kind of started putting in like, oh, just throw in any character you can. And uh, like before they did the Red Sky seasons, you know, they were going to they were going to continue the show and they were going to bring back Mona Lisa for an episode and stuff. And um, they, they just decided, you know, that the third movie bombed and like everything was kind of bombing. And I think they were just like, we got to change this. We like this, what we're doing isn't working. So we had to reinvent the cartoon and now we have the red sky season. So talking about the red sky seasons, we kind of talked about this a little bit before we started recording. Like you, when I first saw the red sky seasons, I thought it was a completely new show. I kind of fell off somewhere around season five. So I didn't really know the turtles had ended. I just kind of assumed it did because if I stopped paying attention to something, it probably stops being real or something like that. (laughs) But when I saw those red sky episodes for the first time, like it just looked so different to me. I definitely thought it was a new show in, I was just, again, it's not like I just like, oh, the turtles are stupid. I was just into other stuff at the time. So it just never really caught on with me. I saw a couple episodes and it just, I just passed right along pretty much. I didn't even know about it until like, I think like I was out of high school. Like at some point when I was starting to get back into turtles around like 2006, 2007, I started buying back the action figures. Uh, Cause back then you could put anything on YouTube, you know, like people would just upload yeah. whole episodes of cartoons and stuff. Like, YouTube was great back then. It was right? like the wild west. Wild, wild west, right? <laughs> And I remember there was people who would like dub over the cartoon with stupid stuff. And there was people who just put up the cartoon. And I saw an episode with the guy Carter. Uh, you know, it was like the Kino, but not yeah. Kino kind of throwaway character. And I was watching like, what the hell is this? Their eyes look different. You know, like the sky's red and like everyone's like, everything's very like blocky and like sharp and ser- like, it's much more serious in tone. There's no shredder. It's just like generic aliens. I know Lord Dreg was like the main villain, but like, they're mostly just like these generic like I said, they're like Silverhawks, like rejects. Like they didn't make it a Silverhawk villain. So they ended up in, in Turtles. And it's like, I had no idea what it was. Again, like like you, I was like, is this, was this a different show? Was there a show in between 87 and 2003? Because it artistically, it looks a bit more like 2003 with the sharpness, but it's still yeah. the, the voice actors and stuff from the 87 show and all. So the world of the 87 show. But I, I had no idea that I existed as a kid. As a kid, I just stopped. During season six, I just fell out because they weren't putting the characters from the toy line in the show anymore. And the third movie was ass. And my older brother's friends in school were saying Turtles wasn't cool anymore. So like <laughs> we had to get out of it. And uh, But then I grew up and found out, like, what, is, what was this? And I'm like, oh, this show went on, like, well, like 10 seasons. I didn't know. And well on be, beyond what I was watching. And I, I didn't know that. So... Yeah, and again, that was a big surprise to me because I thought it was a new show. I didn't realize that was a continuation of the same show. When I found out the original box set was 10 seasons long, it just blew my <laughs> mind because I never really paid attention to anything past season five. It clearly was still running somewhere. And I mean, yeah. I, I don't even really remember seeing the toys on the shelf. It's like I it kept going, but I feel like once I stopped paying attention to it and got into X-Men, which was kind of my next phase, like, it just it disappeared for me. It's not like I ever just was like I hated turtles. It just kind of faded away. For me, there was kind of this. It would have faded away, but for me, there was kind of this push because you know my older brother. I had to like what he liked, and his friends were saying it was like lame little kid stuff now. So now, like I couldn't like it anymore. So there was a bit of like I have to act like it's not cool anymore kind of thing. But I was genuinely kind of just losing interest in it anyway. So it wasn't that hard to do that. Uh, but then, you know, several years later, I'm like, oh, my God, why did I turn my back on Ninja Turtles? I need to get back into Ninja Turtles. 
but just the fact that you know nobody was really watching it anymore but they still made like like season six is probably the last season most kids watched five or six yeah and then they made it up to 10 it's like they made like four or five more seasons than most kids saw it's just a testament to how big the show was how successful the show was and the impact it had like i mean if even if you don't like it you're allowed to not like it i think you should still respect it in that we wouldn't have a 2003 cartoon we wouldn't have a 2012 cartoon. We wouldn't have an IDW comic series or any of this. I wouldn't have NECA toy lines. If, if the 87 show wasn't the massive success that it was, and it made Ninja Turtles a household name and gave the franchise like infinite life because the Mirage comics, they're great, but they were a niche thing. Like if that yeah. was all it was, it would have gone the way of Bucky O'Hare and stuff like that. Like it would have just been this flash in the pan. A few guys liked it and then it just disappeared kind of thing. So the 87 cartoon really is all to think for the legacy of, of like the franchise and the, the fact that they've been able to make it the stuff like rise and stuff is really still all owed to the fact that that 87 cartoon and the 88 toy line were as big as they were. Again, it's one of those things where it, turtles hasn't always been there, but comparing it to all the franchises of the eighties, it's definitely been the most consistent. I would say going forward, like yeah. you said, Pokemon has pretty much been huge ever since it came out in yeah. the Bay. Michael Bay, the movies definitely kind of blew the transformers back up. And again, that yeah. kind of did wonders for that franchise. But other than that, I mean, the turtles have stood the test of time. I would say almost better than any other brand other than transformers, maybe. And like you said, yeah. it's on the weight of that original cartoon. If that original cartoon wouldn't have took off none of the kids wouldn't have wanted to buy the toys and if those two yeah. things wouldn't have happened that first movie never would have got made and it just would have stayed pretty much that indie hit that had maybe a little bit of success here but it just yeah. it, it wouldn't have been this what are we going on 35 year franchise now <laughs> yeah longer yeah, including the mirage comics yeah, it's a huge deal. And uh, it, it, in that sense, it had a bigger impact than any other cartoon of its time. Like, He-Man is, is amazing. It's, like, it's it's still going. It's crazy that you know, there's been consistent toy lines and stuff. But, like, there's been, like, until this past year, there was only two cartoons. And the 2000X one, it was good, but no one really cared about it at the time when it came yeah. out. And, uh, you know, they haven't done a movie since the Dolph Lundgren one. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, so it's like... It, it, it has its fan base, but it's more niche, even though like it gets its own con, like power con and all. I do feel like there's a more niche audience for He-Man. It's widely remembered, but the people who are really into it are like more niche. Whereas Turtles, it, it doesn't quite have its niche audience isn't quite that strong. Like it's a cult audience isn't that strong, but it's more widely just beloved the world over. I think that's a really good and, way to uh, put it. Yeah, yeah, it's just consistent. You know, people. There's people who love the 2003 Turtles, people who love the 2012 Turtles, people who love the movie Turtles. It's like everyone has their own version of the Turtles. Whereas yeah. if you like He Man, it's like, oh, are you, uh, you know, 82 or or what is it, 81 or 82, 82 or 2003? Like, which one are you? Like, that's basically it. Yeah. So, and, and yeah, again, I, I think that's the best part about this franchise too is. I don't really have a true definitive version of the turtles. I always say the original cartoon and the original movie are my two favorites. But again, even picking between those two, if I had to choose one forever, it would be a really hard decision for me. And that'd be really tough. That's why when people get so butthurt about like the new iterations, not being exactly what they wanted at this point, we have so much turtles content (laughs) that, I mean, I still haven't watched all the 2003 cartoon. I still haven't watched all the 2012 cartoon. I haven't watched any of rise. Like, there is so much content that it's one of those things where 
if I don't have something that I like in the moment, I just pass and it doesn't really bother me because there already is so much to love about this franchise. And I don't think you have to love everything to be considered a true Turtles fan or a true hardcore Turtle fan. I think you can take what you like and forget the rest. And yeah, like I said, if, if one of those things you don't like is the 87 cartoon, that's totally fine. And no, it's not for everyone, especially in this day and age. I just think it deserves you gotta respect, respect it. the least. Yeah, you got to respect <laughs> it. It's like you wouldn't have like even if like, you know, say you love Disney animated movies. So you like you love like Aladdin or whatever, but you hate the old Mickey Mouse cartoons. You still got to respect the Mickey Mouse cartoons because you wouldn't have your damn Aladdin if it wasn't for Mickey Mouse. So it's like you don't have to love it, but you have to respect it. And uh, we're definitely going to come back to this topic because we could talk oh, about yeah. this. We still have a lot more to say. And again, I was I was worried we couldn't fill an hour. <laughs> I think even with editing, <laughs> this is going to go a lot longer than that. So yeah, and uh, we we still want to like you know rank our favorite episodes and stuff. So we're definitely not done with the '87 cartoon, but you know that's. I think we're going to wrap this up for today. Put a cap on the first episode of the Party Wagon <laughs> Podcast. This was a blast, man. I had so much fun doing this. I've just wanted to do this for so long and I just can't thank you enough for doing this with me, man. Like it really does mean a lot. I know how much time this is taking out of this night alone right now. I know you're a busy guy. You got a lot going on. And again, it's just awesome. Like I have people that I can talk to about turtles that are interested, but nothing like this where someone is just willing to sit down and spend hours talking to me about turtles so i'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. very excited to see where this goes man i'm like this is yeah. I had a great time i can't wait to do this again yeah. thanks for doing this with me man oh yeah thanks so much man it's, it's i had so much fun to do. i don't really get to talk to people about turtles like this normally so it's like yeah. that's one of the reasons i made the youtube channels because no one wants to listen to me normally yeah, so. exactly <laughs> so uh and then we're i mean like us, so. you, you say you were awkward at the beginning it's like now you were pretty good we're gonna look back in like 30 episodes and we're both gonna be like oh my god we were so bad in that first episode that's what i hope for exactly that's all i want man yeah. improvement that's all i can ask for same with my youtube channel it started rough it's just a little bit better now it's not great but yeah. as long as you're getting better yeah, that's all that matters all right dude all right man all right Anything else? well that's a wrap i think that's everything cool take it easy thank you guys take for listening easy. and we'll see you in the next one yep all right. peace peace